We've done The Hunt, The Hunted, Surviving the Game, and now our final one, Easy Target. Hard targets, fur. Did I Please watch- tell me you did not watch the wrong oh, movie no. again. Don't tell me. Oh my gosh. Wait, wait. Just make sure we watch the same movie. Mine, mine had Pee Wee Herman, and he's lost in Africa, and he's being chased by lions. That's the one you watched, right? Easy Target. No, I watched Hard Target with Jean Claude Van Damme. What the hell, man? Is oh. this where you're going to start blaming the Russians? I'm blaming stupid movies called Easy Target with PB Herman that looked interesting on the cover, but was terrible. Well, I'm not reviewing that one because <laughs> I never liked PB Herman, so let's just get to Hard Target. Hard Target, uh, 1993, directed by John Woo and starring John Claude Van Damme, as you said. Uh, Van Damme. This is probably one of his last big movies, I would say. Um, late 90s, early 2000s. Wasn't too kind of Van Damme's career. He fell off the map a little bit. Kind of fell into a lot of straight-to-DVD movies. Some probably pretty good. Some not so good. But this is uh, pretty much peak Van Damme. 1993. Peak, peak Van Damme. Peak action movies in general in the 90s. And more importantly, directed by John Woo, who Famous Hong Kong director. This is his first big U.S. movie. He would go on to do Broken Arrow, Face Off, Mission Impossible 2. A lot of classic action movies from the 90s. And most importantly, though, we're reviewing this because Lance Henriksen is one of our favorite actors. So <laughs> that, is, that is fair. Yeah, especially since, you know, ever since Pumpkinhead, he's always held a very tough place in my heart. Is that the correct way to say it? A tough place in your heart? <laughs> no, it isn't. I just couldn't think of something else. The actual to say word. A special place in your heart, I think. Is what... That's it. Thank you. A tough, and... place, a tough place sounds like he gives you heartburn or something. <laughs> like, what the hell? Well, I mean, he is tough in this movie. He's very tough. He's very tough, and Van Damme Especially is, his gun. Van Damme is very tough and very hard to kill, thus making him a hard target. You see what I did there? No, not at all. Anyway, so I should probably mention that there's another actor in this movie other than Jean-Claude and Lance and Rickson. That's wait, the wait, wait, wait. I, I'm two steps ahead of you. I know you're talking about. You're talking about, of course, Yancey Butler. Absolutely. The, the special Yancey Butler. Yeah, she's amazing in this movie. And uh, that's, who you're gonna, that's who you're gonna mention, right? No. Her eyebrows do better acting than her. Anyway... No, I'm, I'm going to say Van, the actor that plays Van Cleef. Ah, Arnold Voslo. Voslo, yeah. He put, the reason I know him, and I'm sure you know him from this too, but The Mummy and The Mummy Returns. I knew I knew him from somewhere. I just couldn't quite place it, but that makes a lot of sense. He is The Mummy from The Mummy. Yes. Well, all right. That means he's a really well-equipped at playing villains, and his villain hair is definitely a lot different from The Mummy, a lot more vocal. Yeah. Yeah, because his villain in The Mummy was a lot more straightforward, straight-faced. This one, you could definitely tell he has fun with this movie. Absolutely, no question. And just some quick background. So the movie, of course, had an estimated budget of actually only $18 million. Now, that's interesting to me because it feels like a big action movie, but it has a budget of like something like Jason X, <laughs> similar to a bunch of that. It made $74 million worldwide so definitely was a hit movie in terms of making back its budget and holds a 6.2 on imdb 
So anyways, just in general speaking, are you a pretty big Van Damme fan? No. What? <laughs> I'm sorry. To be honest, I've only seen maybe three of his movies. And I think when I was younger, I was more into Jackie Jackie Chan, Jet Li, Wesley Snipes. Yeah. For some reason, for some reason, when it comes to Jean-Claude Van Damme, didn't really care. When it comes to Steven Seagal, he can go jump in a volcano. Um, well, I'm with you on Steven Seagal. So yeah, I was more into you know more of the Asian martial arts or Blade, because <clears throat> you can never go wrong with Blade. Yes, you can. Blade Trinity. Hey, I still enjoyed that movie. <laughs> you were the only one, buddy. I I just wish that the, the the fighting was a little bit better. I just wish the movie was a little bit better. <laughs> well, apparently Ryan Reynolds refuses to work with Wesley Snipes ever again. Apparently he made fun of him on set. I mean, I like Wesley, but the story is that everybody hated him on the set. From what I understand, he stayed in the Blade character throughout the entire filming, which probably <laughs> rubbed people the wrong way a little bit. I've heard that, but I don't even know what that means. Like, how do you stay in the Blade character? Like, you're in your trailer fighting vampires in the trailer? Like, I don't understand what that even means. Like, his his mannerisms, the way he speaks, what he says, he literally was Blade. Obviously, he didn't go out fighting vampires because I don't think we'd have Wesley Snipes anymore. So basically, like, an assistant would bring him his lunch and he would would cut the sandwich in half and be like, some MFers are always trying to skate uphill. Some sandwiches try to skate uphill. This isn't fried. Now get me some more mayonnaise. No, fuck no. Who <laughs> likes mayonnaise? Depends on what kind of sandwich it is. If it's a turkey no one sandwich? likes mayonnaise. What? If it's a turkey sandwich, you gotta have mayonnaise. Miracle Whip. Oh, Miracle Whip. I put it, Miracle Whip on my eggs. It's a miracle that anybody likes that. I put my Miracle Whip on my egg sandwiches. Egg sandwiches. Yes, I make I make my sandwich my eggs. Over medium, I put them on the bread, and then I, I lather a Miracle Whip on both slides of the bread, and then I eat it. No cheese? No. I put bacon on it sometimes. I don't need cheese. I have yolk, because I cook it over medium, so I still get that nice runny yolk. Well, this podcast has really gotten off track, I'll tell you what. We're <laughs> <laughs> what getting the, hungry now, aren't you? What the hell are we even talking about? <laughs> We're talking about food, sir. <laughs> What happened to Hard Target? How did we go so far off the <laughs> off the base? That's um, why they call it Hard Target. You can't target your way through a podcast yeah, with we, this one. We can't target ourselves to stay on topic. Yeah. <laughs> what the hell? This is what happens when ADHD meets ADD. And and then you add cheese and Miracle Whip to the equation. You just have a, <laughs> a really confu- you just have a clusterfuck. A really confusing sandwich. Yeah. <laughs> well, I guess we should talk about the movie. So, the the bad guys are hunting somebody. Okay, so. Let's talk about the things we love about the movie and the things we don't love. So the things I loved about the movie was Yancey Butler's eyebrows. They were her emotions. She didn't give a damn emotion throughout the whole movie, but her eyebrows gave her the emotions. Okay, now that I'm done uh, pissing off Yancey Butler, if she ever hears this. What did Yancey Butler ever do to you, man? I was just cold-blooded. One thing I definitely like about this is why police involvement isn't a thing in this movie considering the fact there was a police strike policeman strike on this movie really no which is why there's hardly any police that actually go to stop this which is why the bad guys are able to hunt in a city we have to compare this movie a lot to other hunting movies that we watched and the most direct comparison of course is surviving the game this of course is a totally different dynamic because we're in the city and not in wherever the hell they were in surviving the game so it's a different feel, but both movies came out really around the same same time period. They both have very similar storylines, which 
I guess can be broken down into rich people are bored and pay money to kill homeless people. Seems to be the, the crux of both movies. But in this movie, we get a lot more background on how the whole process works. So we get taken through an entire process of them setting up a hunt, how they choose the people, what they tell the people. We find out that the person doing the hunting pays $500,000, half a million, to participate, which in surviving the game, it was 50000 per person. So um, it's very interesting. Yeah, we get the background of these hunters. They, they, move, they move to different countries, go to different areas where they can um, kind of do their hunt inconspicuously, I guess, like uh, without getting caught, and then and then they move on to the next place. So it makes a lot of sense. I appreciate that this movie gives a lot more background to hunt, where Survivor the Game was really sparse on details, let's say. What I appreciate is the dramatic pose that Jean-Claude Van Damme does at the shipyard. Oh, yeah. Well... Listen, I love John Woo, but I mean, the slow motion in this movie is a little this, bit over the top. Oh my, seriously, <laughs> what the hell? I understand, I kind of somewhat understand the very first fight scene that Van Damme has, because he's against, like, regular thugs trying to attack Yancey Butler, and I'm just thinking to myself, they probably can't fight, which is the point of the slow-mo, they don't need to. Well, I understand slow motion during fight scenes, but... Just showing him walking and posing in slow motion, that's kind of like like stretching this movie out. Like, this is really like a like a one-hour movie, but the slow motion makes it an hour and a half. So, <laughs> like, what the hell? I'll, I'll forgive John Woo because he, he, uh, he, does a lot of, he does a lot of good hair, but, yeah, the slow motion, it does kind of take you out of it sometimes. The real thing that takes me out of it is, uh, honestly, the only, there's only really two good performances in this movie. Jean-Claude Van Damme is not one of them. And you have to follow him this whole movie. <laughs> well, so my thing, though, is, I mean, do we really expect, like, some kind of good acting performance by Van Damme? I mean, they're not hiring him to give a Shawshank Redemption performance there. I mean, we know we're getting we're getting martial arts. We're getting slow-motion poses. We're getting a lot of angry face. But I wasn't really expecting a good performance, per se, to be honest. Here's another question. So he's homeless, and to our knowledge, actually, never mind, I just remember one scene. I was about to say, to my knowledge, he's not a veteran like uh, all the other people these people hunted, but then I just remembered there's a scene where they actually went into his background. Mm. Never mind, but yeah. He, so that's why he knows, his this character in particular knows how to fight, because he was prior military. I think they said he was Air Force didn't know Air Force and they didn't know how to fight but there you go yeah I mean we start off with him basically being somebody who apparently doesn't pay for his meals and likes to skip out on his checks and well he's homeless so to be fair he did pay for the coffee he gave like a like a a quarter (laughs) back then that's how much coffee probably costed in that diner is a quarter this movie didn't take place in the 1930s, all right? It took place in the 1990s, but that's besides the point. Yeah, I don't think this looked like an old school diner. That bad. And most likely, a quarter is fine for a small cup of coffee. In the 1930s, yes, <laughs> not in 1993. Well, listen, he should have saved his money because he obviously owes money to this shipyard, and he can't get on the boat unless he pays the money back. 
He could have gave yes. the guy. He could have gave the guy a quarter and said, "Hey, look, this shows that I'm good for it. Take my quarter, and that means I'm gonna pay you the rest and let me on the boat." But he didn't have that quarter to give the ship guy, and thus no boat for Van Damme. And thus means he now has to work with Natasha, and because she offered to give him a hundred bucks a day to help her find her father. Which, at first, I was thrown off by the idea of like, what the hell is she hiring him for? Because, like. I guess it's just for him to be security, but then he basically helps with the investigation. Like he's a cop now. I don't. I don't understand. He's a PI. It's really weird. Yes, he was military. Remember, he knows how to look at things in a very uh, realistic point of view that helps him find things. Which is why he was the only one who was able to notice. Hey, this damn dog tag has an arrow hole in it. Yeah, but what if he was a chef in the military? <laughs> I mean, Steven Seagal was in his only good movie. That's true. Kills, kills people, kills the villains with egg sandwiches. With and their, cholesterol. So with, with cholesterol, he's killing people with cholesterol and uh, calories. Van Cleef. I don't know if I've ever seen a movie that had two, two amazing villains that feel like they're on equal grounds. Like, even though like maybe Lance is more of the main guy. They kind of feel like neither of them feels like the secondary villain. They feel like they're both like 1A, 1B, like on equal footing, essentially. Um, and it's probably because you can definitely tell that they've been through a lot of these hunts together. They've done this for a long time, which and you can definitely tell that they have not only respect, but they are also friends. They want each other's respect more than anyone else's respect. Hmm. Which is why, in a later scene, Lance even asks Van Cleef, "Are you mad at me for not listening to you?" Yeah, one of the um, one of the executives for Universal, after watching the movie, had said that he wished that they could have actually just seeing their chemistry. He was like, he wished they could have made their own film together, just focusing on the villains. Uh, they were that good. So I, I agree. They're they're the standout about this movie. It's kind of their story <laughs> with Van Damme kind of tied into it. So. Uh, it's their story, but Van Damme's the one that's killing them. Van Damme is our antagonist here, not them. Were you still cheering for them after they killed Roper, Roper though? No, I like Roper. Roper was a fun character, and but I, I enjoyed the process of them setting up the hunt again and us getting the behind-the-scenes on that. My question is, when Roper got there to his hunt, it still seemed like they were not really... Um, still seemed like they were given the option to do it they were like trying to get him to agree like convince him to do it versus just like forcing his hand um so that was kind of puzzling to me because i was like well they've invested all this time and money it's like they have to do it but it felt like they're still giving him the option to like walk away if he wants it was kind of weird it's more or less the uh, in a sense of respect for the hunt itself more or less and also you something tells me emil lanson rickson's character van cleave has a slight uh, respect for all these people that they're getting on there because they are veterans. They know that these people can be able to survive if they keep a level head because they've done it before. Right. So I feel like it may actually be more of a kind of respect thing. He, they're trying to show respect to the people that they are hunting. Yeah, that makes sense. The um, Now, my question is, maybe this is bad editing, I don't know, but... They, they they tell Roper they're like hey you got a five minute head start don't waste it and then they <laughs> cut to like immediately them right behind them 
Like, was there actually a head start? It seems like they barely let him move before they started coming after him. So, where was, I the, feel where, like, where was the five minutes? So, I feel like uh, he got his five-minute head start. However, they made they kept the uh, motorcyclist with him, so that way they knew where to go, so they don't actually have to hunt the guy. And that feels very unfair, because I'm immediately thinking, hey, like, no matter what this guy does, they're going to shoot him down, because they can't afford to let him escape, even though they're telling him, hey, if you get to this point, then you get the money. It's like, dude, they're going to shoot you no matter what, so it feels... <laughs> feels unfair you know so what i feel like is uh there should that i understand they probably didn't mention this to roper because not many people or he's the very first one to do it but i feel like once the person who originally paid for the hunt is killed then that person then the hunted should then be allowed to go free well i'd be nice if we were making the rules this would be a fair hunt but fortunately we're not making the rules and Roper's got well, and then me and, <laughs> and then me and you would have to go find a new setting because obviously somebody survived. Right, exactly. <clears throat> um, I feel bad, Roper, because you know he he's asking for people for help. He gets pretty desperate, and then finally, I think one guy throws him a twenty. Also, was that Sam Raimi in the damn uh, in that scene? Yeah. So <laughs> basically, um, they kept Sam Raimi on set because he was there to because it was John Woo's first movie in the U.S. Mm-hmm. They had Rami on Rami on standby to help him or take over the movie if need be, and Rami basically told them essentially that Wu was like a master, so he didn't have to do any he didn't have to do anything. But they had him on standby to take over directing if if Wu couldn't do it. But still, the fact, when I saw him, I was like, really, really, guys, you bring Ra- you bring a Rami in this movie, yeah, and he doesn't die. And uh, <laughs> but who does die is Roper as he acknowledges that he he's sucked. fucked, sucks his death, and. I would say I would have kept running, but he just chose to give up, so I don't know. Uh, I mean, he's an older man. He probably couldn't run anymore. That's why he, instead of running away, he chose to tackle his hunter and shoot the shit out of him. He did, yeah. That was actually pretty... And so I don't understand, though. He, he shot him, but then he, he used too many bullets to kill him, and thus the gun was useless to him. He should have kept the gun, kept some bullets in there, because then he had a chance, but he uses the, all the bullets up and throws the gun away. It's just stupid. Also, I shouldn't. We we should also mention. Uh, Lance and Rickson is better at mercy killing versus Ruger Hauer. Holy crap! What the hell? Yeah. <laughs> so, so let me let's let's say this. Both movies take both movies came out at the same time. Ruger, of course, when his friend is dying, decides to what choke, choke him, him with four of his fingers, not even a whole hand, just like two fingers each each hand, <laughs> like. What the hell? And meanwhile, Lance just, you know, shoots the guy. He's like, well, yeah. this is why we got our money up front. Yep, bang. <laughs> or the guy who gets bitten in the face by a snake. I think he believe he shoots him, too, so that way he's no longer in pain. He also allows people who's originally not being hunted to go away because they're not his targets. Yeah, these are like small details that really stand out when comparing it to surviving the game in terms of, how this is a much much better, what more well done movie for sure. Really, in just the villains case, because be honest with you, I kind of prefer Ice T over Jean Claude Van Damme, but we wouldn't have gotten all these uh, roundhouse kicks the entire movie. Did you notice that was the only move he did throughout the whole movie? That's his go to, man. That's like <laughs> I his... thought that was Chuck Norris. 
Matt Chuck Norris can't. Well, okay, I'm not gonna say Chuck Norris can't do that, but he can. <laughs> he can't he roundhouse can. kick. <laughs> he definitely can. But nah, man, that's the Van Damme signature, man. You got to do it, and yeah, um, but every every five seconds of a fight scene, I mean, I, the guy can do more. I'm sure. I hope. Hell, even in Expendables too, he only did it twice. It's a beautiful looking kick, man. I'm, I'm, I'm like, <laughs> and and yes, I mean, there's definitely a trade off. I mean. Ice T is probably a better actor, but yeah, he can't do all this, all this other stuff that Van Damme is doing. Again, I mean, not hired for his acting, hired for his his action hero. I mean, also stuff. to be fair, Ice T's character also wasn't prior military that we found out, so his fighting was more, you know, was more street fighting. Yeah, it was more. Um, now, Ice T did feel like he was more in trouble than than Van Damme here. It almost feels like. <laughs> Well, I can't say that because, yeah, at a certain point in that movie, it felt like Ice T basically was hunting them. So, well, here's the question: If Ice T was in this movie, how much would he still be? Would he be in any trouble, or would he still be bleh? I think he'd be better off because Ice T in Survivor the Game. I mean, he knows the streets; like he's well equipped in the city, and this movie's in the city, so it would be more in his playing field, I would say, because, like I said, he just he's very knowledgeable about the streets and stuff so he could probably hide better and yeah but um, also it seems like Lance and Rickson and Van Cleef at the very least those two know the street at least these streets pretty well themselves they do yeah and and, and apparently all the the people I, I I'm just blown away that they killed Roper in the middle of the in the middle of the street <laughs> in front of all these people and all the people freaking disappear immediately when they shoot them so it's like I'm like okay you're gonna shoot somebody with like a hundred witnesses where they can see you shooting them, but then the movie just makes all the background characters disappear, like as if there's no witnesses. Like, what? How do people disappear so quick? You'd think Sam Raimi would have said something about that. Yeah, I think um, I think Ice T would have been okay, but well, I think Ice T would have done better than Roper. Ice T would definitely not have done as good as Van Damme, but I think if you put him there in that situation instead of Roper, I think Ice T does better than Roper. Yeah, well. Now we get this, this last like 40 minutes is pretty much our climax where it starts with this, the chase scene and damn Marie dies because she stupidly decided to stand in front of the bullets. What the hell was that, man? That was like, that was basically like, let's just get rid of this character because she gets shot and that's fine. She goes down the ground. It's like, you're shot. You're down. Man down. Officer down. Wait for backup. Relax. She still just keeps throwing herself out there to get keep in shot. Like, what are you doing, lady? Why you? Why do you want to die so much? Well, she probably be honest with you. She probably didn't feel as much pain as if she was killed by Candyman. Yeah, that is the same actress from Candyman, and she has a lot of thankless roles in movies where they just <laughs> get rid of her character halfway through the movie. So, <laughs> in this in this case, it leads to a chase scene and boomies. What a great chase scene, great action scene. Van Damme on top of the motorcycle, jumping over the car. Classic. Um, Which, to be fair, that motorcycle probably would have already fallen down in real life, but that's besides the point. True. <laughs> we, we definitely can't apply logic to some of this, for sure. Um, but for some reason, I don't understand what... Why are they, obs- why are they so obsessed with hunting Van Damme towards the end? Like, does Van Damme have some kind of information on them? Does he have something? Is there some reason why they can't just leave the country as they were going to do and 
go start a new hunt somewhere? Why are they like going all in on we got to track this guy down one one last hunt? Like, huh? So for this, I feel like Lance and Rickson just really got antsy and really wanted this hunt. I feel like this hunt was more for him than just to even make money. Yeah. Because, because something tells me this guy, he rarely misses a shot. He rarely loses a target. So when a target does get away from him, he's probably feeling a little antsy and actually wants to see how far this target will go. Yeah, but the thing is, my read on on um, on, on Lance in the movie is that it's kind of like the Ruger thing, I feel like, where it seems like he's doing it more for the money. It seems like it's just a business for him. He seems like a business guy. Now, his partner, Van Cleef, I mean, he's enjoying killing people. He's clearly a, a maniac. But... <laughs> Lance, I feel like, is more of a businessman. He's just more about the, the money and all that. I, I don't... It's it's weird to me that, yeah, they so emotionally invested suddenly in taking out Van Damme. It's like, dude, just go on with your life, man. <laughs> well, funny thing is, funny you mentioned Pick, because Van Cleef is technically... Van Cleef or Pick, which is actually what uh, Lance calls him throughout the movie, Van Cleef is right. He does mention in a later scene... Uh, let's fuck this hunt. Let me just shoot him from the helicopter. Lance goes, no, that's not sportsmanlike. You yeah. do know. <laughs> what the hell? Not only that, but when, um, well, we'll get to it. There's going to be more examples of Lance seeming like a fair and good guy almost. No, I'm not going to say a good guy. That seems like a stretch. But seems to be like operating with his own actual principles and ethics and stuff. Like, But I don't know. It's a... Uh, it's kind of weird. Like I said, I, I don't know if I understand. I love the action in the second half of the movie, but I'm not sure if I understand what the plot is. Like, why are they, why are they running? Why are they being chased? Why are they chasing them? Um, what's going on here? Will, Va- will Van Damme ever get his money from her? She's supposed to be paying him daily. I've seen... Why no, did Uncle seen, Duvet... Why did Uncle Duvet bring fucking Natalie and Natasha to the damn climax scene? Oh, yeah. Why did the uncle have his house blow up? <laughs> He rigged his own house to explode. What the hell, man? I mean, hey, listen, that's a great uncle. He's a, he's willing to do what it takes, but... Man, don't let your house blow up. What are you doing? <laughs> what I'm hell? still wondering, because he brings her to the scene, where, to, to the place where they're having a big gunfight. She's unarmed, and then when she finally gets armed and actually kills one of the bad guys, the uncle gets pissed at her. He's like, how dare you shoot that man? Give me that gun. I'm like, dude, really? <laughs> Well, There's a scene coming up where she's going to wish she had that gun. Yeah, it didn't work out so well. But I, I will say this. I believe you were wrong because you said earlier there's only two good performances. But I think the uncle brings a much-needed sense of humor to the movie. Some comic relief, finally. This movie needs comic relief, and the uncle is the first sign of it. I wish he would have came in the movie earlier. Um, but I love the uncle character. Just how gung-ho he is. Blowing up his house. Running away on the horse. And then Lance being like, hey, don't shoot him. He's not our target. Like, Really interesting. Not that, Even though he just killed another one of your guys that you had to put down. <laughs> yeah, and again, Lance immediately um, shooting his man that's on fire. Um, you know to not make him it, suffer. It, yeah, I notice whenever he he doesn't kill, unlike most villains in horror in action movies, he doesn't seem to kill people because they pissed him off. He's killing them to put them out of their misery. He. Yeah. They piss him off, fine. He can still use them in the end because they'll still listen to him. Yeah. 
Yeah, I don't know. I don't know if it's a. Um, it's interesting. They, 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 they Normally in movies, sometimes they try to make the villain be as evil as they possibly can be, right? Like just no mercy. Will will turn on their own men. You know, screw principles, blah blah. But yeah, they really do a, a good job of making him to me just like an actual human being, like a businessman who um, you know is a real person and not like a just generic evil villain. So. Are you are you listening or are you drinking your Mountain Dew? I'm drinking my Mountain Dew. Um, anyway. <laughs> anyway, there's one thing I'm very disappointed in this movie though. They do not give Van Cleef or Chance a fight scene. Uh, well, I'm not, I don't think we miss. I don't think we're missing anything on 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 a Lance fight scene. I'm not sure old Lance there is. Uh, you know, going to break out the moves with Van Damme, but... Well, yeah, that's, Van, why I'm wondering, that's why I'm wondering why they didn't give Van Cleef the fight over Lance. Because Van Cleef, while he's played by Arnold Vosloh, he he's proven that he'll learn anything to, for a role when he's playing that role. Mm-hmm. So why... Because he did a lot of his own stunts, including the fight scenes in The Mummy. He did his own stunts in some of the other... Shows where he was a villain, including his own fight scenes. Yeah. Let him, let him give him some training. He would have done the fight scene with Van Damme. I would have liked that. I'll say this. I do like how he dies, though. He dies in a really fun way because he throws a grenade into a room, which Van Damme's flying out of the room, under a table, and immediately under him where he can shoot the hell out of him, and then holds him up and doesn't let him fall down. Um... It's a good death scene for him, least, but yeah, there could have been a more build-up. But, you know, the thing with the um, the whole end scene, which is amazing, I feel like, just because of it's one of the better shootouts you'll ever see in, in a movie, I feel like. But they really commit to guns, pretty much. So uh, they commit to guns, although it's amazing that Van Damme is shooting people and kicking them at the same time. He's <laughs> like, like why, You don't need to kick someone after you shoot them in the head. It's hilarious, <laughs> eh? He's like taking two shots and then stopping to do a kick. And I'm like, holy hell. I was like, I've never seen that before, so it's interesting, but... Uh, but why? That's kind of a waste of energy. It was just to look cool, I guess. It's like, hey, don't forget, my, my legs are as much of a threat as my, as my guns. So. <laughs> well, how about this is looking cool? Lance and Rickson beating him with an on-fire 2 by 4 <laughs> Three times. Yeah, well, you know, Lance had the upper hand here. He got, him, got himself a hostage. And um, was all good, but he did not... He broke a cardinal sin that villains sometimes do. He was not prepared for the slow motion run, the 18 second run, and and flying jump kick in which Van Damme jumped over 17 feet with a kick, giving giving Lance you know a full 45 seconds to <laughs> aim his gun, but he still misses. Well, maybe uh, if he aimed his gun with the hand, with the arm that wasn't full of shotgun shells <laughs> yes he may have actually hit yep uh as is he takes a big blow to the chest and then van damme basically beats the crap out of him and drops a grenade in his pants well that's after uh lance takes a two by four to him like three times yeah but eventually he gets his ass kicked so well yeah because those three times were the only times he actually hit him <laughs> well again eh? <laughs> You can't realistically stage like a fist fight with Lance versus Van Damme because the audience is gonna be like, really, really, like this should 
this should take Van Damme six seconds to like disarm him and kill him. So that's Van Cleef. Uh, Van Cleef is dead though, man. He took to like nine bullets. So uh, well, let's talk about. I, I just feel like they give the fight scene to the wrong villain. <laughs> let's talk about how how hilarious Lance's death is. <laughs> <laughs> He pulled. He actually, unlike most movies, he actually pulls the grenade out of his pants, disarms it, but then a spark flies out and he goes, whoops. This is surprising because I thought it was going to be a generic, like, he just can't find his pants and just blows up, but he finds it, disarms it. He's like, oof. And then, oh, whoop. <laughs> yeah, the, the grenade just sparks and goes, fuck. <laughs> Hilarious. So much better. And again, I hate to, I hate to keep shitting on surviving the game, but compared to Ruger going poof, <laughs> disappearing in a thin air this is so much this guy, better death <laughs> well that's because this one was actually bloody yeah I don't he understand. went everywhere he went over there over there and up there I guess there's a difference between a movie that has a budget and a movie like Surround the Game where clearly they ran out of money and were like we can't even we don't have enough, we don't even have like time to film anymore Rutger <laughs> we can't pay him anymore so just have him disappear <laughs> just poof he's just gone and Icy walk, fr- walks away with never look, without ever looking back to see what happened. <laughs> I'm surprised there wasn't a surviving the game too, because obviously Ruger Howard ain't dead. He ain't dead. He he teleported for sure back to the cabin. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, man. Well, should we get in the categories? Yeah, categories. I guess unless there's something else we wanted to talk about real quick. Hmm, let me think. I'm trying to think about what we talked about last week if we missed anything. I feel like we touched on mostly everything. Almost everything. I mean, I feel like there was a few jokes we're missing, but too yeah, late now. I know. We added, anyway, some, so, we, we added some new stuff, too, I think, though. So. Yeah, so anyway, categories. All right, well, best scene. There's a couple that you could go with. Uh, for me, I am going to go with the whole ending shootout. Um I just think it's a balls-to-walls action scene, and it's a chance for John Woo. He really does specialize in shootouts, I feel like. and so this is like, He does. Yeah, he's, in face-off, there's some epic shootouts, and I feel like this is kind of in his wheelhouse, so it really does a good job with that. And um, even though, again, I don't understand at the end why like Van Cleef and Lance are so like committed to like going all in on this, you know? But To be fair, Van Cleef wasn't. He just wanted to shoot him from the helicopter because he knew he can and to be honest the movie would have been over had he gotten that chance to do it yep he's like oh he's there on a horse get him with the helicopter yeah if you had the hell, it should be easy yeah. even right before the final shootout he tells Lance like hey if this something doesn't feel right let's get out of here yeah of course it doesn't feel right you're not hunting a homeless person you're not hunting like a defenseless person you're hunting a Van Damme who has guns Who's not trapped in one location and who's probably gonna kill your ass? So it's common <laughs> yeah, sense. Well, I mean, it's different hunting a you know a defenseless person versus hunting Van Dam. I mean, that's you know that's asking for trouble. Yeah, well, my be- my favorite scene, just so I can pan the running time and don't have to say the same thing you said. I'm going with the chase scene. To be honest, it's, to be fair, it's not as good as the final shootout, but the chase scene is still fun. It has a good, act, a few good action moments. I just wish they wouldn't have done as as many slow mos. And the scene probably would have actually been a little better than the shootout. Yeah, I agree. I mean, I, I hate to say it, but I got so used to slow mos that as we went on, it, it bothered me less because I got so used to it. I just accepted it as like, okay, it's just gonna be a part of the movie. It's a slow mos. 
Like, in the first couple times it happened, I was like, oh, man, all these damn slow-mos, but it kind of just blended into the style. I was like, oh, that's just stylistically how the whole movie is. So it didn't bother me later on as much because I got used to it. Okay, worst scene. Uh, every scene we had to actually believe Jean-Claude Van Damme. Wait, say that again? <laughs> I don't know what you said. Every scene we had to believe of, believe Jean-Claude Van Damme was a good actor. Uh, I don't think there's any scenes where he actually has to, like, do anything acting-wise, though. It's like, he has no emotional arc here. Like, it's not his father that died. and Well, that's the point. We're supposed to, He's supposed to be emo- getting emotionally attached to this girl, and I don't even feel that. I don't feel like he's making friends with the detective as they sh- try to show when she finally dies. I don't feel any connection between him and Rupert, even though apparently they were friends. Yeah. He's Even a, the emotional scene where Rupert dies. I didn't feel a damn thing. He's a bit of an empty character in terms of, like, personality and background and stuff. Like, yeah, there's not much to him. He's just there to, to fight, I guess. Um, so, yeah, all of his acting scenes that weren't action. There was a there was a, rom, a more of a romantic subplot here in the, um, in the original cut. There's three different versions of the movie. There's the um, theatrical version, the unrated version... And then there is like uh, an initial sort of director's cut version that is um, close to two hours long, but that one's actually really hard to find. But in that, they they cut out a lot of the villains stuff. Like they had more villain stuff in there, and they had like a romantic subplot. But Van Damme decided that the movie wasn't supposed to be about the villains; supposed to be about him. So he went. They went behind John Woo and pretty much edited down to the <laughs> to what we have here. See, no, that that's just disrespectful. Come on now. I know, I understand John Woo. This is his first, like, big American movie. But come on. That's just disrespectful to the director. And disrespectful yeah. to the editor. You, sir, are an actor. No well, one gives a shit about your acting in the first place. Well, again, remember, just to, to put perspective on how they saw Woo, I mean, they had, they had Sam Raimi on set, like, overseeing everything. Because they didn't trust Wu, so it makes sense. Uh, that, then they were like, okay, well, we get to do the final editing cut and stuff. So to be honest with you, that I can understand a little bit more because it is his first time directing a big American movie. That, it's just like, say, if me or you went in directing, I'm sure a production company is going to send a seasoned director to give his points, tips, and to take over if we're fucking something up. I get it, but I feel like once you've let him complete the movie then let him edit it how he wants it at that point, I feel like. I, I don't... It, it's it, it's rare where studios get involved and where it makes the movie better, it seems like. It's just like the whole stupid test audience thing where, like, based on the reaction of the test audience, they go and add scenes and take stuff out and pick stupid endings. But I fucking hate test audiences. Can we just do a whole episode of me ranting about that bullshit? One day, yes. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know about a whole episode, but maybe a whole opening ten minutes. Um, but, um, but yeah, I would like to see the, the longer cut of the movie, but, um, but it's maybe out there somewhere. Who knows? Um, best, uh, what's your best, worst scene? Oh, worst scene. I didn't like the whole scene with the doctor getting killed because it didn't make sense to me because the guy standing on the other, Van Cleef's on the other side of the door and the doctor looks at the people and gets shot in the eye. Yeah. Uh, how the hell, from where the bad guy's standing, does he know exactly when the doctor's looking at the peephole? Is he, is he have x-ray vision? That makes no sense. 
He knows it's Van Cleef. I saw plants in that house. He used the dirt to see through. Apparently so. Apparently he's one of the X-Men. He, he tapped into his mummy powers. And not like that, but they use the doctor to do like um, the autopsies and stuff, right? And to help yes. cover things up. Yes. So who the hell is going to uh, cover up the, the doctor's body? Uh, they're not because they're planning on skipping town. They even That was literally the scene where Lance says, we need a new town. We need to leave. Yeah, they're going to leave the body on the floor, though? <laughs> I mean, hell, if the bullet is out of country, they're not going to be able to find that easily. Yeah. Especially yeah. not in 93 during a policeman's strike. Right. There's going to be a lot of evidence just being washed under the rug at that point. Huh? Well. And they did kill the only detective that actually was not part of the strike. Yeah, I, man, I'll tell you what. <laughs> um, well, yeah, I, I thought that scene was just kind of corny in terms of, like, the slow motion shot of Lance, like, giving away that the doctor's about to die by just how he's looking when he goes answer the door. I but, thought he was about to stab him with a damn mail opener. I guess that was a good red herring a little bit, but not really. It was just pointless. <laughs> anyway. Well, let's go to best performance. Hmm. This is a hard one because we've got pretty much three good choices. I'm going to go with Van Cleef because Arnold Voslo, as a demented, just loves to murder people. It's actually a pretty intimidating villain. I'm, I'm going to agree, actually. I think that... I think Lance is just being Lance, and we've seen Lance in different movies be this kind of character and this kind of thing, but... Yeah, Van Cleef is very memorable. The fact that he loves what he does, he takes so much joy in killing people. Especially um, Randall. Yeah, what the hell was that scene, man? <laughs> he just sticks the gun in the, the car and just starts talking to him. Yeah, but then there's like a weird 10-second pause where it's like... It feels like something's going to happen, but nothing happens. He just shoots him. <laughs> it was really weird. Um, but uh, uh, Something did happen. Randall cried his living balls off. Yeah. Well, shout out still to the uh, the uncle character. I thought he was uh, refreshing because he brought some lightness, some uh, sense of humor to it. Um, and, of course, shout out to Lance. And, I mean, like, we can, we can hate on the fact that Van Damme is like an emotionless vessel of nothingness. But in terms of action, his fight scenes and stuff, the man I mean, does a damn good job so, with, his, with his action scenes. So I'm not giving him worst performance because, to be fair, I kind of already did. I already said that. <laughs> so it's kind of a cop out if I said it again. So this time I, I'm going to have to give it to Yancey Butler. She is, I, I know I've said it, her eyebrows is probably the best character in this whole movie. But to be fair, she actually is a pretty decent actress in other movies. I don't know what it was with this one, but she just fell extremely flat to me. Might have been her working with Van Damme and having nothing to play off of. <laughs> okay, like, fair. It's like he's not giving her any emotion, so it's like I can see where she's like, how am I supposed to act with like a block of wood? <laughs> <laughs> fair, but I'm still giving it to Yancey in this case. I agree. I, 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 her character didn't feel that useful to me. And, yeah, I mean, I didn't really... I was surprised that they used her father in the hunt because clearly they're looking for people that don't have any family connections. And as soon as he dies, she's popping up on the scene investigating. 
you think so they would have kind of filter that out in their search so to be fair uh that actually was addressed because when because uh one of the times when you find out Randall was actually part of the hunts, in a sense, uh, Emil Lance and Rickson pays him a visit, and literally says, "We want people, we want vets, yes, but we don't want ones that have families. Right. You sending us one with family, now you have us having to cover our tracks." <laughs> yeah, true. Huh? And then they cut his ear off. Damn, that's true. <clears throat> Um, what's next? You, Let's see. Be honest with you. You think they would not trust him after that? But I guess you know after they cut his ear off, he kind of got back to being a little bit more sneaky about it, a little bit more thorough. Right. He doesn't. He doesn't. Hey, he doesn't want to lose his his other ear. <laughs> well, he didn't. Well, he kind of lost his other ear when his whole head got exploded. All we needed after that was Freddy Krueger in there saying. <laughs> Nice heron from your Randall. <laughs> well, how what was that? What would you like to change about the movie? So, um, for me, I would have had in that shootout where the detective died. I would have had Yancey Butler die, and then have the rest of the movie be the cop and Van Damme trying to make like uh, avenge her death or whatever, and. Then, if it's the cop, I feel like the the hunters have more of a reason to like get rid of her because she's a cop. She's gonna she's gonna like keep investigating and stay on their trails so they don't get rid of her. Fair. Um, so, for me, I've said it I think twice now already. But Van Cleef versus Chance. Damn it, people! I didn't. I don't care about gunfights. They get boring after a while. It doesn't matter how much. Music, how many people get shot and then kicked for no fucking reason except to expend energy. Speak for yourself, buddy. <laughs> <laughs> but to be fair, I just... But they should have been the ones to have the fight scene. It probably it would have definitely been a little bit better than Lance and Rickson's fight scene. And then you can still give Lance and Rickson his three hits and then KO. Yeah. That's true. I think that uh probably... Hmm. Yeah, I. It's interesting they didn't do it. You're right. I mean, it would have been good. I like how Van Cleef died, but yeah, there there could have been a nice setup before that with them doing something fighting wise. Yeah, and then, and then they go to Jean Claude just saying "fuck it," grabbing a gun and shooting him nine times while laying on his back. I love <laughs> that it. Sounds dirty. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. What the hell? <laughs> Get your mind out the gutter. <laughs> I'm sorry, the last, the next movie we're doing got my mind in the gutter. Oh, God. <laughs> we'll get to that when we get to that, so. So what's your final thoughts, sir? Well, let me say this. I do feel like this is a great classic action movie, essentially. Um, with action movies, you have to kind of give a break to the idea of, like, there's going to be plot holes going to be things that don't make sense. There's very few action movies that don't have some kind of plot hole going on. So I'm a little bit more forgiving in terms of like the acting and the story. Because it's an action movie. It's like, I mean, that stuff becomes secondary in this kind of movie. So I'm a little more forgiving. That said, I do think that, as I think about it, I do think they could have done more with Van Damme's character. Um, I feel like 
he is kind of a an empty protagonist in terms of like you just don't know he doesn't talk a lot he has very few lines of dialogue you never really learn anything about him um i really hope he got paid at the end by the way the, the last scene should have been like okay lady you owe me and just uh him calculating up how much she owes him um but overall it's a fun movie it's a really fun movie and i think i, th- I probably think more highly of it because i'm just coming off surviving in the game and I'm doing a direct comparison in, in the hunting genre. This has been so far, by far, my favorite hunting movie we've watched. Um, so as an action movie, I'm going to go three stars. Um, yeah, I think if you if you try to measure in terms of like like the normal stuff, acting, stuff like that, maybe it's more like two and a half stars. But it's just a fun action movie where you turn your brain off. I'm going to go three stars. And I, the villains are truly unique. Like... Like I said, I've never seen a movie that has two villains that are both such high quality. Um, John Woo knows how to do action scenes. Just you have to allow for the slow motion to not annoy you and, and kind of just let that blend into the movie, which it eventually does. And um, yeah, and Yancey Butler's eyebrows aside, <laughs> I'm going, I'm going, I'm going soft three stars. It's not like a strong three stars. It's like a barely three stars. This movie has a lot of rewatchability. It's a fun movie. It's a turn your brain off type movie, so I'm grading on that on a turn your brain off scale. Give it three stars. So while Vic is giving it a soft core three stars, I actually just wanted to mention one other thing. And now it's actually completely been erased from my memory. So if I ever think about it again, I'll let you know. Anyway, I have no idea. I, while you were talking, there was something that came up, but. I don't know why my brain just like, yeah, no, now it's your turn to talk. Go fuck yourself. <laughs> oh, why? Okay. Anyway, yeah, if it's important, it will. But anyway, uh, as as you were saying, it's a fun action movie. You gotta turn your brain off with the some of the acting in it. As the plot holes, just sit there to enjoy. However. I am not one of those people. I am the asshole of this group. <laughs> hey. So over overall, just for the act, you said you, what? you said it not me. So. <laughs> so overall, I have I'm actually giving this movie a two and a half. It's fun. It's a fun action. However, with our main characters, the ones we follow the most are f- either flat characters, so everyone else can progress. Or they're just not living up to the potential that I know they can do. It really drops the movie for me. I can't stand slow mo. <laughs> I can't. Fuck it. It's just a. It's just an excuse to make bad action scenes look okay. Yeah. So it, it, it pads the runtime a little bit, also. Yeah, and I don't need that. Uh, and also, they missed their mark with a certain fight scene that should or should not have happened. But, okay, it should have. At least, hell, you could have done it in the middle. Have Van Damme win the fight and then do that shootout during the shootout. Hmm. True. Either way, I feel like those two should have gotten some semblance of a fight scene. But since they didn't, and the acting, and some of the plot holes, I'm giving it a two and a half. It's fun. I'm probably not going to put it back on to watch it for a little bit, though. Oh, yeah. I don't think it's a watch-all-the-time movie, but I think 
it's a perfect movie to revisit like maybe every five years and uh, give it just enough time to where you don't remember all the details and then watch it and it's fun um, so yeah I mean hey three stars from me two and a half from you that's actually for us that's really positive because we don't I don't think I've given three stars in a long time and I don't think you ever give it I don't think you've ever given three stars not so. <laughs> <laughs> true I've given three and a half stars to Night Brown Elm Street's one and three and randomly the fan <laughs> what the hell man <laughs> no the fan I think out of three that's what I'm saying I'm saying that's the last time I saw you, I saw you give three stars I think hey it's because I, I like the fan get over it well I'm not a fan of the fan so well that's cause you're a bitch but I am a fan of Van Damme so and folks today this podcast was a very easy target as we watched Hard Target as we reviewed Hard Target and just wanna say before we go Please again, uh, 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 please subscribe to me. Yeah, please. Uh, <laughs> mellow, mellow mash mouth right now. Please <laughs> subscribe to our YouTube channel, and all of our podcasts. Well, most of our podcasts are up on the YouTube channel, so check us out there. And if you are being hunted, again, if not McDonald's, IHOP is not a bad idea either, and. If you're ordering an egg sandwich, do not get Miracle Whip on it, no matter what Nick says. Okay, well, and if you read books, uh, do not read Ice Dance. Oh. <laughs> what the hell? Ooh. I don't even know, they don't even know what that is, buddy, so. Uh, I'm bra- I, I am trying to break you. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> okay. I'm well, kidding, people. Well, I, then, my wife has not given me her review yet. I don't even know if she read it. I don't even know if it actually arrived yet. Oh, yeah. I don't it know. was supposed to arrive Friday. Oh, sweet. Well, thankfully for us, um, in this situation, Nick is like John Woo, and I'm like the studio that gets to go in and do the final edit on this podcast. So. <laughs> <laughs> well, as always, folks. If you don't have anything better to do, please listen to our podcast. If you do have something better to do, listen to our podcast anyway. Fuck whatever's better than this. Um, while you're at it, eat some Welch's fruit snacks. Get yourself some chicken nuggets. All the hot sauce. All the hot mustard. All the barbecue. 